So, Mark. Yes? This week's movie features three different promposals. I hate the word promposal so much. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> I hate how often we'll have to say it in this episode. It's terrible. Because there's the one on the rooftop. Yes. There is the, the bad one. cafeteria one. And then there's the sitting at the piano one. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Sharpay weirdly does not have a prom date. Doesn't she go with Zeke? Does she? We don't really see the prom. Yeah, we don't see much of the prom. And Sharpay just is like one of the most asexual characters in a DCOM. It's the weird thing because like in the text of the movies, she is like obsessed with Troy. But it seems like Troy is more a status symbol to her. Like he is handsome. He is a star. Everyone likes him. She's also a star. So they should be together. Yeah, I don't see any actual, like, romantic feeling coming out of Sharpay at any moment in any of these movies in the series. Um, I do for herself. Right, but also, like, yeah. it feels like in any other high school movie, at some point Sharpay would have, like, tried making Troy jealous by dating another dude. And that never seems to occur to her, in part because she seems to have no real romantic interest in anyone. Right, and, like, Zeke is still obsessed with her, but she never reciprocates. I also feel like, just in general, this movie doesn't really know what to do with Sharpay. Like, she has no plotline that resolves in any way. No. The only thing that happens is she doesn't get a scholarship to Juilliard. Well, she doesn't learn a lesson. And she gets to maintain control of the East High drama department. I guess, but, like, that's bad, too. Like, you gotta get a couple years away before you can come back. As someone who went back to their high school and moderated activities that I was in. Sharpay done dirty by this movie. It has no idea what to do with her. It saddles her with a plotline with a nefarious British sidekick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they tr- they tried to do All About Eve, but didn't go all the way where she didn't get, like, pushed down the stairs or anything actually dramatic. I would love to see Sharpay in an All About Eve story, but this movie ain't it. Oh my god. Now that, if that was Sharpay's big adventure, I will say she is the only character that got a full spinoff movie. And that spinoff movie, by the way, was the first ever DCOM to premiere on a home video before airing on the Disney Channel. Wow. What a, what a moment of time that that represents. We're gonna have a lot about that moment in time to talk about. But Has anyone ever watched I, the Sharpay movie? I figure if any of us moves, because like we've done all these movies tied to, st- I mean, we did the first movie just like for the heck of it, but we did High School Musical 2 at the end of my school year because it was like, you know, summer, 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 summer. <laughs> and we're doing this this week because Mark, you are graduating. I am graduating. I finished my program and got my diploma in the mail two years ago, but Woo! I am graduating. Are you going to the ceremony? Mm-hmm, yeah, I'm flying to London. That's awesome. Congrats. am in London, I think. When this episode drops, you are in London. Yes, I'm currently in London, Fiona. Can't you tell? <laughs> oh, yes, I think I see Big Ben behind you. That's why he has a British accent in this episode. You're not looping me into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, we're all masters now. And anyway, I think that, you know, we committed to doing this one when you graduated, Mark. And that's why we kept pushing it off because the pandemic delayed your graduation. I think if any of us ever moves to New York for some reason, then we do Sharpay's Big Adventure. But unless that happens, we don't bother with it. Okay. I'm willing to commit to that because the odds are so low. Right, it's not going to happen. I am going to move there now for the sole purpose of us covering it on this podcast. <laughs> the only way it would happen would be if, like, my wife got a job at the UN for some reason. 
I'll do it. Which also wouldn't happen. I'll do it for the pod. You have to actually move there. You can't, like, get an Airbnb for the weekend. I'll move there for a month. That's not a move. (laughs) Tell you what. Tell you what. If you go there, if you go to New York, I'll give you 30 days to get cast in a Broadway show. And if you get it done in that time, then we'll cover Sharpay's Big Adventure. Okay. That, by the way, is the plot of Sharpay's Big Adventure. (laughs) She convinces her dad to let her move to New York. And he agrees on the condition that she get a Broadway role in 30 days. First of all, that's a pretty harsh condition. Second of all, how do you know this? I skimmed the Wikipedia page. Okay. Uh, Unrelated, Will. I gotta say, thank God I am gay because I've never seen Borat or Borat 2. I've no interest in ever watching Borat. And yet, when you said my wife, my first thought was still Borat voice, my wife, in my head. Here's the thing. Borat, pretty good. Borat 2, kind of great. I just, I don't know how to stop thinking of it that way. I saw them both for the first time in 2020. Well, I mean, that was the first time you could watch one of them. Promposals. Anyways, this movie includes three promposals. And so, Mark, what I was wondering is, do you have any good promposal stories? I did promose. Yay! Oh, Mark! Is this to your girlfriend or just someone else? No, this was senior year. I had a girlfriend my junior year. She was in college, and so I just asked one of my friends. But yeah, so I asked one of my friends. Promposal's very big at my school. I feel like our high school era was honestly peak promposal. Yeah, I mean, even like, I feel like I have not seen promposals as a teacher that really reached the level of what was going on when we were in high school. Maybe it was Tumblr, but something I think has reined it in. But mine was pretty simple. Me and some friends went to go bowling. And then when Kat went to the bathroom or like someone said, Kat, will you go do something? I changed all the names on the screen to say, Kat, will you go to prom with me? And then I gave her s'mores goldfish because it was her favorite snack. What? S'mores goldfish? (laughs) I knew what Fiona's takeaway was going to (laughs) be. That sounds so weird. It's like graham cracker goldfish, which you can buy separately. They're kind of like Teddy Grahams. And then like little marshmallows and chocolate chips, if I remember correctly. Okay. So these weren't like branded as s'mores goldfish. No, they were. Oh, oh, but it was like a mix. They weren't like each little fish. Okay. Because graham cracker goldfish, I think, came out first. I've never heard of those either. Oh, I've heard of those. Then they released the s'mores flavor, where they just added chocolate and marshmallow to the bag. Okay, okay. They're pretty good. I wonder if they still exist. It sounds good. I'm going to look. Anyway, Um, she said yes? Yes, she said yes. We went to prom. She looked amazing. I looked like a high school senior boy in a suit. Um, (laughs) Not a tux? Not a tux. We were a pretty casual school. It was expensive to get a tux and very hot, and you would sweat through it, almost certainly. Sure. But yes, that was one of the lower key ones, and it was entirely platonic, so I am a little ashamed that I did it, but it cost me no money, and all the takeaway was is I got to go bowling and eat s'mores goldfish. Not a bad thing. No, it sounds pretty good. Mark, you know my prom was on a boat, right? I... Did not know that your prom was on a boat. <laughs> so, my school's prom was, and actually to this day is, on a boat in Baltimore Harbor. 
Why? It's one of those boats that people would like rent out for like a corporate booze cruise kind of event. Where like you sit and like you can have a meal on it and stuff and there's like space for a dance floor and whatnot. But like on the one hand, like yes, you can like take nice photos like with the harbor, but really the school does it just because like it's a controlled environment and like no one can sneak away mid-prom and like have a bunch of booze. Yeah, I you're trapping the children. Yeah, that's I why. Mean, granted, I went to a prom where about halfway through, both times I went, um, people would sneak away and go to the after party, which was at a nightclub, because they could drink legally. At least some of them. And so there this was This is in Singapore. In Singapore, yeah. <laughs> I did not go to I did not go to high school with a bunch of twenty one year olds. <laughs> I know, or in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> or in the nineteen eighties. That would be a twist if it turned out that I was actually, like, 60 years old. But we did it in hotels. We were actually probably the first prom in the Marina Bay Sands. Singapore's new, like, I guess it's not that new at this point, but one of their iconic hotels. That probably cost so much money for the school. I don't know why they did it. But, yeah, the next year was just in another hotel. But, yeah, so so we were on the boat, but I also prom post. Oh, good. Yeah. I don't even remember what you did. I don't know if you knew. You were in but, college at that point, weren't you, yeah. Fiona? Yeah, but like I know who you went with. So why don't I know how you promposed? So there was a Spanish teacher at my school who was also like a disciplinarian. And so she taught like a partial schedule and spent the rest of the day like dealing with student discipline stuff. And every once in a while, you'd like get a knock on the door of a classroom and she'd pop in and like pull someone out. And that meant they were in trouble for something. So there's, like, the real divide in the student population of, like, the people who know her as a teacher, where she's, like, very sweet and, like, a rigorous teacher, but, like, super nice and supportive and all that stuff. And then the people who just know her as, like, hardline disciplinarian. And I had been taught by her. I fainted in her class when I had swine flu. (laughs) And so I got her to pull the person I was asking out of class. Like, she just showed up at a class that we were both in. We had a pretty similar schedule. Like, knocks on the door. It's like, hey, I need... Her to come out. It came out. And then, like, I had written on, like, a detention slip. Like, will you go to prom with me? Of course yours involved psychological torture. (laughs) It was fine. Like, of course yours caused discomfort at the very least. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So unsurprised. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it worked out okay. But it is still... So unsurprising that you did it through trying to trick someone into thinking they were in trouble. Yeah, I thought it was funny. (laughs) I almost got in trouble the first round. Because first I tried getting the other disciplinarian to do it, using some detention slips that I had taken from the band room, like, months earlier. And I show up with him, and I'm like, hey, man, like, would you, like, I wrote on it, like, here you go. And he's like, where'd you get these? And I was like, oh, they were, like, lying around the band room. And he's like, so you stole them? And I was like, no? (laughs) (laughs) Also, why did your high school have specific disciplinarians? Oh, we did, too. We had a lot of people. Really? Our teachers, I guess, just handled it themselves, or the counselors were involved. We didn't have a lot of discipline issues, though. Um, Fiona. Yes. Do you have any prom stories for us? Not really. There were not, like, promposals were not a thing. I mean, I went to an all-girls high school, so there were some people who went together, but... We didn't have, I mean, we had to, if we brought a guy, we had to ask them and we weren't doing elaborate promposals at their schools. So you were allowed to bring a boy. Yes. Did you also have friends that would go to proms at other schools? Yes. Okay. 
I get why promposals aren't as much of a thing at an all-girls school. But also, I feel like the promposal golden age was not that long. And I think you might have predated it a little bit. <gasps> Are you calling me It was old? really the early days of, like, the viral video. It was the, yeah. like, lasting into, like, the upworthy period. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to remember, like... Like, one of our cousins was my year, but went to a co-ed school. And I don't remember if, like, his friends were doing promposals. I don't know that they were. I did not mean to imply that you are old. I was more discussing also <laughs> the very fleeting nature of the extravagant promposal. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, like, Mora's promposal was probably the most elaborate that I've ever heard of. Mora was sung to at a school assembly, I believe? Yes. He sang... In front of the whole school. I don't remember what song it was. And then, like, read a quote from Jane Austen and then asked her to prom. And, I mean, that's the thing where the elaborate proposal, I mean, one possible reason for its decline is that it creates the same circumstance as the elaborate public marriage proposal. Where you create this awkward social pressure for someone to say yes to something that they may not be prepared for. I know, like, my year in high school, there was a dude who did an elaborate proposal at an assembly and the girl said yes there, and then later was like, I didn't, I don't really want to go to you. I just didn't want to embarrass you in front of the whole school. Ugh. It's the same thing with the marriage proposal. You should be both on the same page before it happens. Yes, never a surprise. Yeah. I did have a friend. She saw a guy give a speech somewhere. She had never met him, and then she found him on Facebook and sent him a message and asked him to prom, and he said yes, which is just the craziest thing I've ever heard of. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Your friend's desperate for boys in their all-girls school. <laughs> oh, anytime there was, like, a, a guy in the building, people were like, oh, my gosh, there's a boy here. Someone's here. Like, for cross-country, our running paths often crossed with <laughs> running paths. And one, <laughs> one time, it was really hot, and I was really tired, so I was walking instead of running, and I hear lots of steps behind me, and I see it's their team, so I, I faked a limp so that that would be the reason that I was walking instead of just being lazy. <laughs> Fiona. <laughs> well, Fiona, do you have, like, any dance stories at all? I do. I, I brought a date to one dance... And never again after that. It was a traumatic experience on many different levels. But I, I, I asked someone that Will, you kind of knew, and our yeah, not well, and our but... cousins knew from band and stuff. And I was like, whatever, he seems fun. You know, why not just bring him? And I call his house, and I was like, oh, it's Fiona. Do you want to go to homecoming? And he kind of like awkwardly laughed and was like yeah okay and I was like well that was weird why would you like laugh a little bit when I asked but whatever so then like the week leading up to homecoming this was homecoming and I'm in like the room the after school room where you go to get help with your math homework or whatever and I'm sitting next to this girl who was in my class and we knew each other but we we never really talked and we were just making friendly conversation about homecoming and I was like oh yeah are you bringing anybody and she goes yeah this weird guy but he asked me to his homecoming so I just invited him to ours and I was like oh okay and she was like what about you and I was like yeah one of my cousin's friends and that was the conversation and that was the end 
And then the day of homecoming, I'm sitting at home and I'm just like, I don't want to go with him. I don't want to bring him. I just want to go with my friends. I like begged my mom to let me call him and tell him I was sick. So then he wouldn't come. And then I would just go without him. And she said, I couldn't do that. And I really wish she had let me do that. (laughs) So then we go, we pick him up and all my friends, we like went out to dinner and then we show up at the school and he disappears for a second. And then he comes back over to me walking with that girl who I had talked to in the math room and says, hey, you know, my girlfriend, right? And I was like, uh, (laughs) yeah. So they had like started dating after that other guy had asked her. So it was nice of her to not ditch that other guy, but he should have told me this. He used you as an excuse to go so he could be with his girlfriend without her dumping the other guy. Exactly. And so he kept being like, oh. This is a sitcom episode. It is. Yeah, I was going to say, did you wind up spending time with the other dude? No, but I should have because he seemed more fun. Yeah, he kept being like, oh, do you mind if I go hang out with her for a little bit? And I was like, you can stay with her the rest of the night. I do not want to see your face again until I have to drive, like, until we have to be in my mom's car so she can drive you home. Oh, my God. So that I never brought anyone ever again. My parents met at um, the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. (laughs) Yeah. Um, my parents went to, or my mom went to an all women's college and they met because her and her best friend both were single and brought male friends that they had to a school dance weekend. And so they both just ignored their dates for the whole weekend because they met and talked to each other the whole time. And then I always wondered if Kelly, like my mom's best friend and then my mom's date ended up hanging out. And I've never Yeah, like the answer. When Harry Met Sally couple swaps. Just swap. Right. Um, okay. We spent the first few minutes talking about this movie, and I would love to continue not talking about it, but I do think we should <laughs> probably start getting into it. I feel like this is gonna be a long one. There's certainly a lot to say. <laughs> Welcome to We Love the Love, a Hollywood romance podcast. I'm Mark and I'm gay. And I'm Will, and I'm a ginger. This is an investigative podcast dedicated to examining the least important issue facing the world today. Does Hollywood theatrical sequel to a made-for-TV movie romance make any sense? And how does a movie come up with so much plot and spend no time on it (laughs) while making the characters undateable and unlikable? Shocking twist revelation at the beginning. It doesn't matter if the romance is a main plot or a one-scene flirtation. We will dig in and see what's there. And this week, we are joined by our friend and my longtime sister, Fiona, what? to <laughs> at long, long last. Lost. Long lost sister. I said long time. I'm your long time sister. Okay. To finally discuss the epic conclusion to the High School Musical trilogy. I thought the first two were bad. Mark. I've never seen this one. This is clearly the worst this is one. The I worst. also saw it for the first time. This oh my gosh, neither of you had seen this before? No. no. I watched it like two days ago. I watched it last night and then finished it the last 30 minutes before this episode because I couldn't stomach any more of it. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely the one I've seen the least. I, I also Thanks. I have a fun story about the first time I watched this movie. Did you see this theatrically? No, I did not. I oh, watched I am sh- it. I am shocked. I don't know why I didn't 
Because I think this came out in what, like 2008, right? Yeah. Like right right you around the time school. where I would have absolutely gone to the theater to see this. But I didn't. And I instead watched it while I was babysitting these children. And at multiple points in the movie, the oldest daughter got up and was like, we're not allowed to see this scene. We have to fast forward through this scene. We're not allowed to watch it. And I was like, this is a Disney Channel movie. But yeah, we had to fast forward well, through maybe they, multiple Maybe scenes. they spiced it up for theatrical. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, you never know. But we weren't allowed to watch I Want It All. That song was forbidden. Why? For being bad. The leotards, I guess? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And then there's a scene where Sharpay is in a robe waiting to go on stage, and we were not allowed to watch that scene either. I will say, they have um, shockingly close to Playboy Bunny outfits in the I Want It All scene. Yeah. Yes, that feels like a Kenny Ortega touch. But also, I don't really understand. Like, it's not it's not that bad. No. So, we all agree this is, like, far and away the worst High School Musical movie. Yes. yes. And what... I don't really like the other two. Well, Mark, if you had to pick which, how would you rank them? Two, one, three in the sub-basement. Okay, that's the correct, that's correct. I'm a one, two, three. Really? Yeah. I think two has some really cool sequences. But my issue with all of these movies is that none of these movies have real problems. They all have problems that would be resolved with, like, a single obvious-to-have conversation. And I think two is a lot more contrived in getting to that point than the first one is. So I find two more obnoxious to sit through for that reason. Okay. Yes, but two has fabulous, which is the best high school musical moment. It also has bet on it. Nothing has made me angrier. Then Gabriella refusing to talk to Troy about the Stanford thing. Oh, I know. Yeah, like, it's stupid. Like there, it's stupid. there is no reason for any conflict in this movie. No. I would also like to point out, as we get into the plot of this movie, like the major conflict is Gabriella has gotten into Stanford. She's gotten into an like early student thing that makes zero sense. No, there's that no a, program what? that would make you leave high school early. Right, it's a program There's... where she has to leave high school early for three weeks at Stanford, and then I guess go back. That there would that would be a whole summer months. activity. Yeah, there are three right. whole months where nothing is going on. Why is Stanford University expecting students to not go to graduation, miss final exams, prom? Yes, the your senior grades don't matter that much, but they still count somewhat. Also, Gabriella is definitely in a bunch of AP classes. That's true. I'm glad you guys also are annoyed because I was fuming at this idiotic thing. Here is my thing, too, where she's like, I have to do this. Mark, I literally skipped my early college orientation to be in my senior year high school musical. (laughs) Like, I I was faced with the real world version of this dilemma, and I did it, and there were no consequences. I'm just... Were they going to refuse her admission to Stanford if she didn't go to the program? It makes absolutely no sense. I was so mad. It makes zero sense. And the fact that the resolution of this movie is his parents seem kind of annoyed that he's going to the University of California, Berkeley, 
one of the best schools in the country. Yeah, but Mark, you got to keep in mind they're disappointed because he almost got into Juilliard without applying or auditioning. <laughs> no, they didn't want him to go to Juilliard. They wanted him to go to the University of Albuquerque. And I when know. he takes a twist and goes to the University of California, Berkeley, to be close to Gabriella, what? Bad parenting. I think they're all just bad. Like, I think it's stupid to pick a school because of another person. Yeah, because they're going to break up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Chad is obnoxious when he says they're going to break up, but he's right. Yeah, they're like 17 or 18. Like, come on. But let's keep in mind, if slash when they break up, he is still at UCB. Like, he's, well, oh, yeah, he's totally. going to sure. be fine. <laughs> but it's just like his reasoning. I know. It's so dumb. It made me want to vomit when he was like, and it's only 37 minutes from Stanford. It is probably farther because you have Or maybe he said traffic. 37 miles or something. I don't know, but yeah. much closer. I don't know if we want to talk about this now or later or both, but the play they put on is fully unhinged. Oh, yes. <laughs> Including the fact that it ends with a fake graduation at which they announce their college commitments like it's signing day. Ah, yes. I... I I, and the fact that, like, what? the surprise what? scholarship announcements were in the the production. <laughs> in the play. In the play. Like, Why? And what if what if Troy hadn't the made his decision The central premise yet? of this movie, the central premise of this movie is that Juilliard has decided that they're giving a scholarship to somebody at East High. East <laughs> High four people gets one in the running. scholarship. There are four people in the running, including people who have literally not heard of Juilliard, which I appreciated because when the movie was clearly setting up like Troy's going to be one of them, I was like, Troy did not apply to Juilliard. <laughs> and I was right. He doesn't know what it is. And Darbus is just like, well, someone's heard of you. And it's like, no, that, that is not how this works. You have to send them like your birth certificate when you apply for colleges. You can't apply on behalf of someone. Mark, do you not think that Miss Darbus would somehow sneak her way into their house to get a birth certificate? I think that Miss Darvis needs to work on her professional boundaries, and I think Juilliard needs to reconsider their application process. So, okay, here's a thought. Kenny Ortega also directed Hocus Pocus. Is it possible Darvis is a witch? So, okay, Juilliard, one of the most important parts is the audition. Before they're going to give like multiple auditions. There are multiple auditions. Did she just send in footage of the musical from the first movie? What was it called? Twinkle Toast? <laughs> Twinkle, Twinkle Town. <laughs> Twinkle Town. Did you say Twinkle Toast? Toast. I said Toast. Oh, okay. The logic of this movie made me so furious. I mean, I've got a whole like list of just like random little things that they put in that just make no sense. And I'm willing to share unhinged. some of them if you want. Not to mention the giant banners of individual basketball players that this ostensibly Those are the public first movie, high school. And I love them. <laughs> this ostensibly public high school has. There is a scene where Taylor is walking around with a parasol. Tell me what high school student <laughs> in 2008 walks around campus with a white lace parasol. If there was any year where you told me a high school student was walking around campus with a white lace parasol, <laughs> though, it would be 2008. I Look guess. at their costumes. I guess. I assume Chad lost some kind of bet between High School Musical 2 and 3, and that's why he has to walk around school wearing a t-shirt that says Greenster on it. <laughs> 
movie so also much. the scene where they run around the entire school with freshmen's clothing like i cannot believe and then the punishment was like oh paint the sets yeah this movie makes troy into a like hazing jerk who steals freshmen's clothes when they're in the shower and then makes them run through the school in their towels and then the freshmen get detention for running around in in their towels. I also enjoyed uh, Ryan showing up to school on a Vespa at one point. And honestly, what confused me the most was when he goes and actually prom poses to Kelsey. She is at school playing a piano and there is a like beautifully hand-painted ceramic teapot that she's pouring tea out of. Where did that come from and how is it stored? And why is that at the school? The implication also... That they're trying to imply that Ryan has a crush on Kelsey. I'm just... Erasure! One, the last movie he was, like, supposedly in love with Gabriella. Oh, I forgot about that! They have had so little interaction for the last two movies. Three, Ryan's gay. Like, Disney, you know. Ryan is gay. He is gay. Ryan had sex with Chad in High School Musical (laughs) 2. They switched clothes. But I will say, you know, it's as disappointing as it is that they try to straight wash Ryan in this movie. He does have the best arc in the movie. Like, Ryan Ryan's is the most story... compelling character in High School Musical. Yeah, he's this. he starts off as this, like, illiterate gay youth who... In <laughs> forgot High about School his Musical illiteracy! <laughs> I forgot that, too. In High School Musical 3, at this point, he is distancing himself from Sharpay. He's realizing increasingly over the course of all the movies, but especially this one, that she doesn't really care about him. She doesn't see him as a partner and that he needs to chart his own path. And in this one, he really comes into his own as a choreographer. Like as much as he's in the musical, where he's shining is in the choreography of this devised show about <laughs> themselves. And like, then it ends with him getting the Juilliard scholarship. And you're like, this actually does make sense. Like he yes. should go to theater school and be a choreographer like he has really self-actualized choreographed that musical like he deserves a full ride scholarship to juilliard well and it was i like i loved the scenes of them rehearsing and he's in the background doing the moves because he's very you can tell how passionate he is about the choreography that he has done okay yeah he Far and away the best part, the best arc in the movie. This is my question. Real quick, this is not about Ryan. This is about the show itself. But like, okay, so it's about them. But still, like, the big number is just about Troy and Gabriella and their relationship. Is the school that invested in the two of them? Fiona, yes. Yes, they are. Fiona, did you see the audience for this musical? (laughs) The audience could not get enough of this play that is just about the named characters that we know. They were on their feet cheering when the basketball team just showed up on stage before they had done anything, just actors as a basketball team. And it's like, wait a minute, you have seen this basketball team. You have seen the stars of this team sing on stage. What is so electrifying (laughs) about just like them showing up? And it's like, anytime anything happens, this audience cannot get enough of it. They are lapping it up. I think my favorite part was when the freshman Rocket Man makes his onstage debut. And again, the audience loves it. There is nothing that happens in this terrible musical that the audience does not <laughs> love. And it's apparently so good, the Juilliard judges get up and start clapping and cheering along with it. And give two scholarships. <sighs> that... 
<laughs> so full of rage. Also, unrelated, why are they all in the same homeroom a year later? They're all still yeah. in the homeroom with the theater teacher, with the same people. Except, also, I had the I same homeroom. Kelsey was not a senior in the in the first movie. Or at least the vibe that I got in the first movie was that Kelsey was like a soft, well, it's like two years below that. Okay, the first movie, I think they have to be juniors. Yeah, they they talk about that, I think. But I think Kelsey is like a freshman or something. Like, or at least a sophomore. The vibe that I get from her in that movie is that like she is like tentative in part because she is like younger and around all these cool upperclassmen. I mean, they may have written it that way and then just forgotten. I also thought that Sharpay was just so much that everybody kind of like paled. Why did the school give Sharpay two lockers? I she wondered has two that lockers. Too. Do you think her dad paid for it? I forgot about the fact that her parents are rich. Not only does she have two lockers, they reconfigured one of them because it was like a French door. So it wasn't two that opened the same way. They like put on a whole new door for it. When the British assistant character first showed up and she's like, yes, I just transferred here from London, uh, where Mark (laughs) is right now. I assumed that she was there because she's like, this is my locker. And Sharpay was going to be like, no, this is my locker. It's my second locker. (laughs) I could see that. only make sense if the locker wasn't already fully configured as a Sharpay Evans locker. Okay, but it would also make more sense than this character's actual deal, which is that she came from the London Academy of Dramatic Arts, has transferred to East High in <laughs> Albuquerque, and has decided the best way to get in this high school theater program is to hire herself as an assistant to the, like, Albuquerque teen diva, to learn the ropes of this high school theater department. Isn't that the right way it's to get into club. showbiz? You just sign up. Yeah, they clearly accept anyone because everyone is in the musical. Well, and based on Musical. those auditions in the first movie, like they're they're open to anybody. Yeah. Oh my god. Why didn't she just audition? There's this movie is fully unhinged. I keep saying it, but like that's what it is. It's I Ugh. Well, I don't think they had auditions for this show because everybody is just no. playing themselves. There's also the thing of like devised theater is a thing. Even like devised theater at the high school level. I've worked at schools that had students like develop a show about their own experiences. But this is so specifically just like, look, we all agree these kids are the main character of our school. <laughs> <laughs> The whole thing has an air of like, whoops, I forgot to get the rights to the play I was planning on. So uh, we're going to make up something about ourselves. (laughs) This is such a toxic school. Oh, for sure. What I would love to see is when this movie was first announced, it was announced as a Halloween movie called Haunted High School Musical. What? This one? we didn't get that movie? (laughs) Yes. When they said, we're doing a theatrical high school musical movie, they were like, comes out at Halloween, it's Haunted High School Musical. That would have been better. I would love to see it. Yeah, maybe they could do like a haunted house in the school or something. (laughs) It could not have been worse. (laughs) Okay, real quick. We got to talk the prom dresses in the musical scene. Oh my gosh. Especially Taylor's. I was gonna say, Taylor and Chad really get done dirty by the prom sequence. Chad is like wearing a white tux that is kind of a basketball <gasps> With jersey. With a number like it has on his it. name and number on the back. Oh yeah, yeah. it looks like yeah. she's got and an then, apron. Yeah, and yes. it's like purple and then also black and white. Yeah. It like bulges out real big at the waist. 
The others weren't good, and on their own, I probably would have been more aghast at them, but Taylor's was so bad that it made the others It's impossible not to look at her. Yeah. God, this movie was trash. (laughs) Was it successful in the theaters? Uh, Yes, I mean, in part, like, because you make it for nothing, right? Like, it has a bigger budget than the TV ones, but those were made for TV money. So, like... Clearly, because they have the whole rotating hallway scene. Yeah, the reported budget of this movie is $11 million. Which is, like, nothing. Like, most... Like, 25% of that is Zac Efron's salary. Don't forget Vanessa Ann Sneaker Knight's Hudgens' salary. I've met her. I mean, but the thing is, like, by this point, already Efron is becoming a movie star. Because, like, Hairspray comes out between two and three. Um, when did you meet Vanessa Hudgens? So she was in the the previews. So before it went to Broadway, Gigi was at the Kennedy Center. And she was Gigi. And we met her outside the Kennedy Center. Cool. You have also met Corbin Blue, right? Yes, Will. I have also met Corbin Blue. He was in Anything Goes at Arena Stage. And we stayed out in the rain to meet him. And I've also met Drew Seeley, who was the voice of... The singing voice of Troy Bolton? Yes, he is. Or he was in the first one. Yeah, we met him. He was in uh, Jersey Boys, I think, in DC. So we saw him, too. So I'm slowly... I'm trying to meet the whole High School Musical cast. Zac Efron is definitely the white whale. Oh, for sure. Well, have you met Stan Carazosa, the winner of High School Musical Get in the Picture? No, I have not. Did you watch the credits long enough to see him highlighted? No. In the summer of 2008, there was a reality competition show called High School Musical Get in the Picture on ABC, which was like a singing and dancing competition show. Is that just and the, the winner... Glee project for High School Musical? Right, but instead of like being a member of the cast of Glee, the winner got to be a featured extra in High School Musical 3. Maybe I have to rewatch it to look out for it's him. not worth it. <laughs> He's, like, weirdly prominent in the credits for how unprominent he is in the movie. Okay. But talking about, like, you know, Efron in this movie as, like, the star of it. And, like, yeah, he is the star of the franchise. Like, the movies revolve around him much more than they do any of the other characters. It's interesting to think about the extent to which, like, he is the one of the people in these who, like, really does become a movie star. Like, Vanessa Hudgens has had a fine career and, like, is still doing good stuff. I thought she was really good in Tick, Tick, Boom. But... You think about Zac Efron going from this, you know, and he does Hairspray and Seventeen again. He's really good in Neighbors. And honestly, what I kept thinking about during this movie, during the better of Kenny Ortega's musical sequences, because I do think there are some good ones. I think the Junkyard sequence is pretty fun. Yeah, that's my favorite. I think that obviously the sad song with the rotating hallway is pretty cool. But what I kept thinking about during those was like, Zac Efron in The Greatest Showman is just a complete movie star performance. And like anytime he is singing and dancing in that movie, you just can't not watch it. It's great. And that's not a movie that I love, but he has no bad scenes in it. Yeah. He honestly does tend to hit more than miss in his performances, even if he is in not good movies. I like him a lot. Honestly, one of my biggest beefs with Firestarter, the new Stephen King adaptation, is that they make Zac Efron boring. You watched it? I saw it in theaters opening day, my friend. My God. I had so little interest. He's got it's bad. like a, a Netflix show where he just like travels the world. Oh, and I did watch that. He went to, I forget what country it was in, but he went to visit a water sommelier. 
Oh, <laughs> it was basically like Himbo travels the world, right? Yeah, yeah. So Efron was obviously, you know, going to be the star of this movie and negotiated for something like in the ballpark of $3 million for it. There was actually some speculation, which was never backed up by anything official, but speculation that Vanessa Hudgens might be dropped from this movie. I had totally forgotten about this because of the whole Vanessa Hudgens nude photo scandal. Oh my god, I forgot about that too. That was an early, like, online leak photo situation. Right. Where, like, she was hacked and a nude photo of her, or maybe two nude photos, were stolen and then, like, spread around the internet. And then, because this is what we did in 2007... Or 2008, whenever, it might have been early 2008. All the focus was on like, wow, how, how could Vanessa Hudgens be such a bad person as to allow a naked photo of her to exist? I hate people, and I hate that that still happens, where yeah. people still right, think like, that way. She was 18. It's like, this is a teenager. Let's like, yes, let's all slut shame a teenager for getting hacked. Yeah. It's like really striking. I was reading some news coverage from the time, and it's shocking the way that everyone's like, I can't believe she would do this. This like totally destroys her image. She had to issue an apology, and and Disney was like, yeah, like, we're moving past this, whatever. Like, it seems like Disney handled it fine, although I don't know if they demanded the apology. But it's just really striking to read that. And then, of course, that it happened to her again, like, a year or two later. And in both cases, it was like, how dare you do this? How dare you get hacked? Right. People are bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mark, by the way, you asked if, you asked if the movie was uh, successful, and I was saying... Yes, ultimately. High School Musical, again, in the picture was not. It was a huge flop. It frequently came in behind reruns of other shows airing over the summer. Oof. But High School Musical 3 opened in theaters on October 24th, 2008. So weirdly, it was a fall movie, which again says should have been Haunted High School Musical. Yes. A shame. It opened in first place with $42 million in its opening weekend. Oh my god. (laughs) Which made it the largest opening ever for a musical. Oh my god. It held that record until 2015 when Pitch Perfect 2 took it. Honestly, I'm not (sighs) surprised it did well. People get taste. Yeah, it ultimately made about double its opening weekend. It topped out around 90 million. But then it did like 45 million again in DVD sales. I mean, that makes sense to me. Because if it's already a home movie series, a lot of people would... You want the trilogy. Even people that didn't go to the theater would probably buy the DVD for their child. Yes. The interesting thing about this to me is that the movie opens October 24th. November 7th, two weeks later, the sing-along version is in theaters. It was I a separate... I about that. I mean, it was, like, listed as, like, High School Musical 3, like, so that would be included in the box office, but, like, they released the sing-along in theaters two weeks later, which is partially just a testament to, like, how big the soundtracks for these movies were. And again, I think this is far and away the worst in terms of the songs, but that soundtrack debuted at number two on the Billboard 200. Holy cow. Oh my god. Uh, obviously, these movie, this movie did okay at our beloved MTV Movie and Teen Choice Awards. Ah, uh, of course. But they struggled somewhat because 2008, and maybe this is a sign of the shift in culture, this opens the end of October. Thanksgiving is the release of Twilight. Oh. It, it stood no chance. Right, so, like, High School Musical 3 gets nominated for, but does not win the Teen Choice Award for Choice Lip Lock, because Twilight's in town now. And Twilight's got a lip lock on that for the next five years. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Zac Efron did win the MTV Movie Award for Male Performance. He had won for Breakthrough Male Performance the year before for Hairspray. And Ashley Tisdale won the MTV Movie Award for Breakthrough Female Performance. 
Efron also won the Teen Choice Award for Choice Movie Actor in a Music-slash-Dance film, and it won for Choice Movie Music-slash-Dance. Ashley Tisdale is turning in a very solid performance in this movie. It's just hard to care because she has nothing actually to do. She has a weak storyline, and yet when we were, you know, 10 minutes in and she still hadn't showed up, and I texted you, where is Sharpay? And then she drives up in her pink convertible. I was just like, all right, Ashley Tisdale, you have charisma. (laughs) It's just hard to get invested in something like that when I know that, like, somewhere right now, Greta Gerwig's Barbie is shooting. So, like, I can see, like, glam blonde in a pink convertible in something that's going to be actually good. Yeah. But Sharpay Evans is the mold. (laughs) The original. So, should we talk about the romance of this movie? We probably should, but I can't promise not to deviate into just, like, random objections to the movie at any time. I mean, that is what this movie is. I mean, this movie is random deviations. Just to make that clear, because it barely follows the plot but speaking of plot every week we break down the romantic plot line of the movie into five points fiona as our guest will you take us to point number one well first we're gonna make a little stop at point zero how dare you is point zero the previous two movies that we did episodes on well it's just that they are in an like on and off again relationship over the last two movies so yes yes but it's the background Not really a point. Point zero is complete. Let's move on to point one. (laughs) (laughs) Point zero is please listen to our previous two episodes on this series. Not really a point. It's important to know that they are in a relationship and that they've had troubles before because they do not communicate. Entirely, entirely artificial troubles that could be solved with basic conversations that any human would have. Yeah. Okay, let's go to point one. So this is basically that Troy and Gabriella are approaching graduation and they sort of come to the realization that time is not going to stop even though they want them to. They have a very sort of heartfelt conversation in his treehouse. The treehouse set is cool. I think it's on a turntable. Like, Kenny Ortega's doing cool stuff with that. Yeah, the treehouse was cool. And they kind of talk about, like, okay, but we still have prom and the musical, so time's moving quickly, but it'll be great. So they're sort of, like, bittersweet about the end of high school together. We have blown past the first really big cackle that I had in this movie, of many. (laughs) I was kind of hopeful that maybe this would turn out to be, like, secretly good. Like, it starts off with... A, like, wild title card of lights blowing out and stuff like that. And it goes straight into a basketball game and, like, Troy, sweaty, is, like, looking up at the camera. And I thought at first that it was going to start, like, start immediately with just a fast-paced basketball number. And I was like, what a statement of confidence that is. And then instead I just watched basketball for a couple minutes. And then we have this, what, 18 minutes song. Also, 18 minutes left. 18 minutes is a lot of time in a basketball game. Like, I don't feel that stressed about it. Yeah, no, you don't it's get stressed one, the last it's couple. It's 16 minutes. Two, I think the audience of High School Musical probably doesn't know that much about basketball. Because I didn't know that. That's like most of the period. Mark, are you the main audience of High School Musical 3? 
I mean, I was a gay teen. I didn't like it, but I was the target audience. I guess. But anyway, like the musical number that we then get, I think is not very good in part because it's like a musical number over the game. Like, as far as I'm concerned, they should be clearly visibly singing while playing basketball. It should be more about, like, basically it should be closer to a dance number where they're like throwing the ball around and stuff like that. But the focus is on like choreography and singing, but it's not. And I didn't direct the movie. That said, there's a great moment when all the East High fans like put up the signs they're doing to like make a wall that's like red with wildcat paws on it. But then Gabriella stands up in the middle of the crowd and a single light falls on her and she sings about how she believes in Troy. And I cackled. It's the funniest thing. I did want to point out that throughout this movie, she is still wearing the T for Troy necklace. Oh, I was wondering what that T stood for. She explained it to us in the second movie. So in point zero, we'll note that Troy gifts her with a T for Troy necklace. They have a pretty toxic relationship. We'll get into this at the end. So then, yeah, we get the treehouse sequence, which is like the night after they win the championship. I do think that song, like... I'm frustrated by a lot of the songs in this movie. I think that the basketball song, that could be anything. That doesn't have to be like an original song because it's just a song playing over them playing basketball. It could be the Like Mike song and it would make no difference. I think right here, which is the Treehouse song, goes too big too fast. Like it's in like big sweeping ballad and we've barely done anything in the movie at that point. Bigger is Better really bothered me, which is like the Sharpay. Bigger is Better, I'm singing in the cafeteria. In part, like we've seen a better cafeteria song in the first movie, but also like, That comes out of when they first are told that they're going to be making a musical about themselves and they all line up and the teacher's like, what are your goals? And it's like, that should be this movie's like what I did for love. That should be all of them having an ensemble I want song on the stage that can then anchor the rest of the movie. But instead they do like a lesser version of Sharpay songs we have seen before. And I think that's part of why the movie is so aimless. It never has a musical statement of purpose. There no, like, the songs aren't just the moral in this one, like in the first one. Like, in the first one, you have status quo, and then it is counteracted by the direct, like, response of we're all in this together. But this one doesn't really have that, of, like, the main conflict song leading to the main response song. None of them are even memorable to me. Yeah, right, I they mean, don't stick. it also doesn't help that, like, both of the first movies make it so that by the end Sharpay is kind of their friend and so they don't have her as a like even her acting as a villain feels more contrived right like how many times does she have to learn the same lesson over and over again yeah that's this whole movie is really tiresome so point two maybe yes point two is um sort of Troy and Gabriella's uncertainty so we find out kind of where they're each looking for their futures. So Troy, surprise, is being considered for a scholarship to Juilliard, even though he doesn't even know what Juilliard is. Also, I'm just like, if Troy is as good at basketball as these movies have led us to believe, he's already locked in for college. Like, it's too late for him to be playing these games. Well, and U of A, really? He should have been scouted two years ago, and he should have signed commitment papers a year ago. Yeah. 
to probably a bigger school, like a bigger, more well-known school. If he's that good, yes. Yeah. But he's kind of confused because now that Juilliard is in the picture, he's kind of like, well, what if I did want to do theater? But I also love basketball. And so he's very confused about that. And at the same time... Troy should be a Harlem Globetrotter. Now that's a good idea. I mean, Troy should not be a Harlem Globetrotter. (laughs) Troy should be a Washington general. That, yeah. So at the same time, and we kind of already talked about this, but Gabriella gets accepted into this absurd honors program at Stanford. So she's got to leave school early. Which requires seniors in high school to skip three weeks of school. Yeah. Including their graduation. And the main issue here is that neither of them really tell each other about this inner turmoil they're going through. I like it when Troy goes to Gabriella or is talking to her on the phone or something. And she's like, it's taken me two weeks to get over you not being here. And it's like, oh, so you have one week left. So who cares? Well, and just like, she is very hung up on the fact that like, they're running out of their time together. Which I understand. Well, she's so used to goodbyes. Like, she just wants to skip ahead to the goodbye. Yeah. She, she's, she's moved so all much. about goodbyes. Just walk away. And then, oh, there's the one scene where Taylor says something to Gabriella. She's like, I know he's your first crush, but you need to get over him. I know. <laughs> Everyone is so rude about this. And like, we talk, we joke about the turkey drop on this show all the time. But they are so rude to Troy and Gabriella for not wanting to break up. Yeah. It's so funny. Because it's so honest and what you should, like, what people would say behind their back. But you never say that to their face. No. Chad is like, you don't understand. We're going to bang so many women in college. Yeah, he's like, I mean, Taylor, she's going to Yale, but I'll be here. So, like, it's never going to work. Yeah. So, So, uh, (laughs) this movie's stupid. And where are we? (laughs) Well, we can move to point three now. Sharpay tells Ryan to seduce Kelsey. Because Sharpay is upset that (laughs) Troy and Gabriella always get the love duets. And she wants one of the love duets with, I guess, Ryan. That's how she sells it. So she tells him to seduce Kelsey to get the love duets. Yeah. You know, we really don't see enough of Zeke in this movie. No, he's barely in it. Yeah. But, like, it's the same thing where, like, this movie is torn between its complete inability to find a story and also wanting to satisfy all the fans. Like, in that scene at the party after the basketball championship... It cuts to Kelsey like three different times and she doesn't have any lines. It's just like, look, you like her. She's here. All our friends are at this party. Can we talk about how many people were at that party? It looks like. I don't know what it cost. It looked like the entire school was there, including adults and recruiters from the University of Albuquerque. I wonder if the Juilliard people heard about this party and they were like, we'll consider anyone if we can get invited to these things. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, Troy invites Gabriella to prom. They have a, a really nice rooftop dance sequence. Did you like how he held up one ticket and then slid it so she could see there were two of them? He's a smooth operator. It was very, very dramatic, I felt. I just feel like that is the kind of thing where it feels like they're not just trying to go bigger is better. Mm-hmm. But they're just saying, sure. okay, we've got a little more money. We can build out this set and have like a real big rooftop set and just do 
a nice dance sequence that is the two of them. And look, Kenny Ortega is a great choreographer. We've talked about Kenny Ortega on these movies. He choreographed Dirty Dancing. But I think in a lot of the big group numbers in this, there's just like a lot of business going on. But when it's these smaller dances, like the one on the roof, he really shines as a choreographer and it's really impressive. Yeah, I do love that dance scene. I also think it is kind of nice that like he prom poses up where what I expect is supposed to be the same little like garden club rooftop area he took her Mm. to in the first one. Yeah. So that's nice. It's just bigger because they have more money. Right. How do you feel about Chad's first attempt at a promposal and then Taylor giving him like the silent treatment? Well, I think the silent treatment is rude and uncalled for. (laughs) Yes. And then he has to try again. I think uh, both of them were bad. Yeah. Yeah. Troy's was good. Yes, the like crappy one that he tries is no good, but it's not like having to have the whole school in the cafeteria watch is better. Yeah. And then Ryan's promposal. All right, so where are we in these points? Uh, point three. I'm impressed you got a structure for this because it's hard to have a structure for this formless movie. Yeah, well, that's why it's nice to have a point zero to just set us off. So point three is, so neither Troy nor Gabriella really know what the other one is thinking. So in point three, this is when Sharpay and her British minion, I do not even know what her name is, spread the news to the entire school about Gabriella's honors program. And Sharpay even goes up to Troy and congratulates him on it. And he clearly has no idea what's going on. So Troy and Gabriella are now forced to finally have this conversation. If this were forever, what could be better? We've already proved it works. But in 2,123 hours, I've been in the And she's like, oh, I didn't want to tell you because I knew you would tell me to go. And he was like, yeah, you should go. This is really important to you. And they kind of have like a long dramatic. Well, this is when Troy has his like dramatic song at the school in the middle of the night. I mean, that song's pretty good. It is like, pretty talk good. About good choreography no, it is pretty good, but it's like, ensemble. I feel like they needed to, you know, in the first two movies, they had their breakup song. And even though Troy and Gabriella don't break up, they felt like they needed to have the breakup song. There is a real, like, the vibe of the two of them, like, in her room where they're talking about this, and then, like, when he's leaving, there is a real, like, let's have sex tonight to cement our relationship before we go off to separate directions vibe to it. I don't think I picked up on that. I didn't either, but I also wasn't really paying that much attention (laughs) at this point. Like, there's the whole plot line in Valentine's Day, Mark, about the teens who are going to have sex to secure their relationship. I really got that vibe from the two of them. If this was like not a high school musical movie, that probably would happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so once that happened, I was starting to wonder like, okay, who had sex over the course of these movies? And like, obviously we know Chad and Ryan did in High School Musical too. 
Chad and Taylor probably have. For sure. I don't think Troy and Gabriella did. Well, I think they did in this scene. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Who else? There's Kelsey. There's Martha. There's Jason. Martha. Martha is the, like, cheerleader. She's the dancer. She loves to pop and lock and jam and break. Martha is the, like, theater girl who's, like, almost unsettlingly confident sexually. (laughs) I'd believe it. (laughs) Yes, I agree. (laughs) So my question about the scene when he goes to the school... When he drives to Stanford. When he drives, no, 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 did, no. He had a truck no, no. in High School Musical too, right? He drives, he's driving to East High and he does his his song. And he's oh, on yeah, the yeah. stage in the of the night. and in the gym. And, and he the goes hallway. to his locker, but he has canonically given up his locker by that point. Well, did he or did he like pretend to and then run away with the freshman's clothing and then not actually give them the locker? Their season is over. They would not have been like, just from a like school functionality standpoint. They would not have been allowed to hold on to those lockers indefinitely because they would need to turn over to be used by a spring sport. You don't think that's like the basketball locker area and it's not going to be like memorial, like Did retired you see the as Troy of Bolton's Troy? locker? It's a retired locker. Schools have a finite number of lockers. You're gonna, they're going to open up that locker and it's going to have glass have on the front and his jersey is still hanging in that locker with his name and like a towel that he like wiped his sweat off with. They are going to make that a shrine to Troy Bolton. Do you think anybody goes in occasionally and tries to suck some of his sweat out of the towel? Yes. I hate that. Um. <laughs> okay. Oh, but my question was, what time is he actually at the school? How did he get in? Like- why is, it's like midnight. Why is yeah. Miss Darbus still there? He stole there? his dad's keys. Okay. Why is Darbus still there is a great question. It's because she's a witch. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. But yeah, so this is when Gabriella calls and is like the weirdest. It took me two out of these three weeks <laughs> to get over it. I can't stomach seeing you for a night and then being away for six more days. She's all out of goodbyes. Right. And this call, she is basically like, we're never seeing each other again. Which means she's not coming to prom. Which or is the musicale. The real, the real tragedy here. The musicale and prom are at risk. I wish that like the Juilliard thing were like a waiting for Guffman situation, or like Darbus made it up because she forgot to get the rights to a play, and it's like, shoot, I guess, I guess we gotta make something up, and she wanted to get them committed to doing this stupid idea. She's like, I know, I'll get them to go along with it if I tell them that <laughs> there's a pot of gold at the end of this rainbow. Juilliard's <laughs> coming. Juilliard scholarship, and that's why she's like. Uh, Troy, you're in it too, because I need a star. <laughs> and Troy's like, I don't know what Juilliard is. And she's like, uh, Juilliard has heard of you. They're interested. Like, the movie makes so much more sense if she was lying. <laughs> it really does. It does. Uh, I just, like... So, in this movie, are they pausing that, like, every school gets one scholarship from Juilliard? I think maybe yes. what they're positing is... Once people at a school start applying to Juilliard, because I believe Ryan has, then Juilliard says, all right, we'll come see your show to decide if you're in. But when we're there, anything goes. And we can give that scholarship to anybody in the show. My Jesus Christ. Uh, All right. So this is when Troy then decides to just fly to California and go to No, he drives in his crappy truck. Did he not have a better car in the last movie? I don't think so. I think he always was like working on this truck. Oh, you're right. He was working on a car. 
But this car is remember him driving something this rusty. He's driving like Herbie fully empty. They really decided to make this like a a thing. A jalopy. We see him pushing it down the road at one point with smoke coming out. Um, so yeah, so Troy goes to Stanford and he's there in a tux and he's like, look, we're not making it to prom, but we're going to have our prom right here. And they dance at Stanford. This is after and he's perched up in a tree. For Gabriella's four years of undergrad, she is known as that girl who had a fake prom with her high school boyfriend <laughs> during the three week <laughs> program we came for. She becomes infamous for this event. Good Lord. <laughs> And then uh, he he takes her back to East High so that they can be in the musicale together. Yeah, and, but they show up like partway through. So Sharpay's filling in for Gabriella and Rocketman is filling in for Do Troy. they just repeat the same number? They do repeat yes. the same number. They change the lyrics a bit. So it winds up functioning as a reprise. But what's crazy is, yeah. So Troy texts ahead. He's like, hey, we're running late. We will not make curtain call. We will not make the opening of the show. So understudy, you're on. Sure, reasonable. What's weird is that then when they arrive, they're like, all right, now we're on. So they're just switching performers in the roles mid-show. Wait, and the Juilliard woman, she goes, that's Troy Bolton. Yeah, because she knows. She knows. She knows. She, they she knows. She's she a high school one. She's aware. She's a Disney Channel watcher. <laughs> and uh, they put on the musicale about themselves, which appears to have no plot, but the audience cannot get enough they are constantly on their feet and sharpay and the british girl kind of battle it out and the play ends with a fully insane graduation scene which is We're all in this together is softly sung in the background as the theater teacher reads <laughs> off the seniors in the cast and announces where they're going to college and what they are majoring in. And this, you know, a perfectly normal thing to be in a play. This ceremony is where Jason learns that he did pass his senior year because all she can say about him is, you did it. And he's like, this is oh. apparently a legally binding in-play graduation ceremony. It's like the wedding from the Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh my gosh. And and we find out that Troy has decided he's going to Berkeley where he can play basketball and do theater and also be closer to Gabriella. A school he, I guess, applied to in secret since it has not come up. Well, he did say he's been or they tried to recruit by him. other schools. The recruitment ship has sailed. <laughs> it is the spring of his senior year. If you're as good as Troy Bolton... Maybe you just accept him anytime. So they, there's the fake theater graduation. That Chad runs out of, too. The scene is long enough that there is time for Chad to run out of it, for Troy to chase him to the basketball court, have a conversation with him, and then get back while this interminable, if you are in the audience, this never-ending graduation scene <laughs> is still going on. And if you're a parent in that audience, you're going to sit through that graduation again in a couple of weeks. Now, do we think that Troy was the valedictorian? No, I think he was, like, voted as class speaker or something. Okay. Yeah, my school didn't have a valedictorian speaker. Okay. 
they like announced the valedictorian and the speaker was elect or chosen by the student council. Okay. And Troy was naturally chosen because the entire school is He is, is the main character of the school. <laughs> He's the main character of the school, yeah. So he graduates and they all sing the song High School Musical. And I will say, it's kind of cute that the movie ends with the poster for the first movie. Yes, I did like that. With them jumping in front of giant lights that say High School Musical. But in, their, in their graduation yeah. robes. Yeah, that's cute. All right. So do we find the romance between Troy and Gabriella believable? Yes. I mean, I, I, I guess. I do. So, like, they're in high school. They're seniors. They're worried about going to college in part because they're worried that their relationship will not survive that. And they ultimately decide to go to schools close to each other so that they can continue to date. Those are things that happen. I would say the biggest problem is their complete unwillingness to have a conversation. Yeah, but again, I think that's realistic for high school kids. I think. I don't know. I feel like. I think I don't it's think realistic. It's a, I don't think it's a 10, but I do think it's pretty high. Yeah, I mean, I'll allow that. Well, I'm giving this a ten. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, hey, with ten hey, being you guys the give most me a hard time when Fiona I lower my rating. No, I'm delighted, Fiona. For what it's worth, you also gave the original High School Musical a ten. Oh, I know. For the same reason, they're stupid high schoolers. <laughs> well, so I I think I'm gonna give this one an eight because I think they are stupid high schoolers, but they're too stupid. I'll split the difference and say a nine. Why not? Wow. All right. Um, for what it's worth, I have given all three of these movies eights. <laughs> okay. I, what have I done? Or do you not know? You were 10, 8, 10. Okay. What about Mark? And Mark was uh, 8, 8, 9 now. Ooh. So Mark thinks this is the most believable high school musical. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I just wanted to make a change. Romantically, it is. I think I hate these characters so much at this point. That I now believe that they would be this stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what's going on here. Now, do you think Troy and Gabriella are dateable? No. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> or no. And not just no. for being teenagers, for being stupid. Yeah. They're <laughs> both stupid. So uncommunicative. And frankly, just like, they're both a little too much for me. Yeah. But if you did have to pick one person in this movie to date, who would you choose? <sighs> I mean, maybe Ryan... Like, Coach Bolton, frankly, has had a nice little arc where he's supporting, like, he seems to now be supportive of Troy and also the arts. He t- he yelled at them to get back on stage. He has so little to do in this movie. Yeah. He also clearly is the reason that Troy is as popular as he is because he is forcing his son into a position of power, which I okay, think maybe, is immoral. Maybe that's not good. Um... I mean, I think it's Kelsey. Oh, Kelsey is good. You know what? And Kelsey's really nice. I'm dating the lady from Juilliard because she is not a part of this crazy world. But she and she seems to she, be really into she Troy. Still, well, I think she's open to fun. Like, she is there and she is, like, not the person who's immediately like, we must get out of our seats and in the aisles to dance along to this show. But she's willing to eventually be the last person to join a standing ovation, which is also what I am, often. I'm with Mark. I pick Kelsey. Do you think Troy and Gabriella will stay together? I think we've all made it pretty clear a turkey drop is in the near future. Yeah, they're not staying together. No. Now, Fiona, you were once in High School Musical 2, the musical. Yes, I was. And of course, High School Musical, the musical exists, the stage adaptation of the first movie. Mm -hmm. Should High School Musical 3 be adapted for the stage? 
No. No. <laughs> Let it die. No. It's the worst one. Yeah. By far. It would just be too better. It also, like, is the one that stands least on its own. And they've already that, gotten yeah. super meta with High School Musical, the musical, the series. And we don't need it yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's true, too. But I do love the show. All right. Well, I'm glad that we could <laughs> close the loop on these High School Musical episodes. If one of us moves to New York, we'll do Sharpay's Big Adventure. If not, See you there. I think we're done here. Next week, we will be covering a film that um, I mostly know through a 30 Rock joke. That will be surprisingly relevant to the episode. We are watching hey, Mystic Pizza. When life keeps handing you anchovies, just cover them up with some extra cheese and make a pizza. <laughs> Until then, you can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Love Love Pod, and you can email us questions or movie suggestions at lovelovepod at gmail.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts to help other people find the show. You can also rate shows on Spotify now, so do that. Oh, yes, do that. I'll have to go. Um, can I go do that? Yes, please. All right, last question. I forgot we would have to answer this, and I don't want to. <laughs> Me too. Fiona, what is the best piece of dating advice we got from High School Musical 3? Okay, you should be able to have a conversation with the person you're dating, and if you can't talk it out, hopefully at least you can sing it out. That's it. Go big or go home on the promposal, baby. <laughs> no, that's bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> We've moved past that. Yeah, I mean, the main lessons of this movie are all negative, which is just talk to your partner more. I'm going to say the strongest relationships are founded on shared interests, because the only one that doesn't seem fully toxic is the Ryan and Kelsey barely there relationship. Because you know what? It's initiated with seduce Kelsey to get the songs, and then that idea is never followed up on once he asks her to prom. God, I hate this movie. <laughs> Well, there you go. Until next time, I'm a ginger. And I'm gay, so between the two of us, we know everything there is to know about romance. Bye! Bye. Bye.